You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Darrow Carr. Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind, the only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, the True Petty Channel and of course NerdToKnowMedia.com, TheWrestlingRewind.com. My name is Daryl Connor, and welcome to our, like, listen, sometimes when we start this show we're like, oh, we don't really have anything to talk about or we, we talk about nonsense because uh, we don't want to talk about the thing that we're going to talk about or blah, blah, blah. When I say this has been the busiest week in wrestling in a very long time, I don't. That's not even going to do with justice. We are going to be relentless and ruthless on this show because we're trying to fit it in 55 minutes. It's our most up-to-date show. There's like 10 things hitting the the, the Nerdtown Media feed. There's a bunch of shows hitting the True Penny feed. Um, if you're not if you're not signed up to either one of those or both, sign up to both because I've been you're doing so with busy. your life. Uh, absolutely, Martin. Like, <laughs> so look, sign up to those because there's a ton of content coming. I finally. Uh, got back up to date, but we're still not up to date because this entire week has been consistent breaking news. So we're going to try to do what we what we do, and if, if we don't, I might do another, uh, uh, might do a small video later on, or or whatever, or we'll do another show next week. But there's just so much to get through, and we're going to try to get through it. But I'm not going to get through it alone. You heard him, you know him, you love him. One and oh, the real, real AEW World Champion. Mr. Martin Herty. How are things, Martin? Hi, hi, Dara. We're uh, recording this at 25 minutes past one in the morning, so this counts as late night radio. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to late night graps. Oh, God. Did you notice, by the way, that you have a new title? Because Punk <laughs> looks like he's been suspended, so now you're going to be the interim world champion. So his, you have yeah. a win over him, obviously, so, I mean, it just makes sense. You're no more contender. You know what? In fact, I don't even accept the term interim. <laughs> Because, like he said, when he came out with the title, nobody pinned me for this, so it's the real world title. So, right. no, I'm not the interim. I am the real, real world champion. That's fair. I mean, look, you have a win over him. You know, it's not a pinfall victory, but it is. And, and I even have a picture of myself at All In holding the, the AEW world title. So, I mean, that, I that's, mean that's, that's case that's, closed. That's the case for me, man. I'm like, I absolutely think this is the way. You should ring up Tony and be like, hey, Tony. Listen, yeah, I got you covered. And and I'll say, and do you know what else, Tony? See if Jack Perry wants to go through real glass. I'll let him. Yeah. I have no you problem. You, you want to go to glass, thumbtacks, fire? Yeah, you do you, boo. Jungle, yeah. I'll put you through bulletproof glass if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? So, obviously, I was in Orlando uh, for the past two, or, uh, two and a half weeks, right? And the reason why... Disney lost the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is because they wouldn't let her use a train. Like, you know, the, that Hogwarts Express thing? They wouldn't allow that. And I'm just like, 
I don't know because apparently Disney have a really thing about trains. They only want specific ones. And I'm just like, listen, lady, you can have all the trains you want. You're going to print money. And that's absolutely the way I see it. It's like, listen, listen, Jack, go throw all the glass you want, man. Look here. Here you go. Eat it. Go on. (laughs) Sugar glass, salt glass, plate glass, like whatever you like. Whatever you like. You can can go whatever you want. But uh, look, so obviously the biggest story of the week and the most comedic story is Brawl In. We will get to that, but we have to start with with two actually sad stories because, listen, um, one is obviously the sad passing of Terry Funk. Terry Funk is just one of the legends of wrestling, right? He really is, but it's been... It's, it's been a long time coming, and as horrible as that sounds, I mean, like, he's been in, in poor health for a while. We've had a couple of scares. It, it's it's really upsetting that, that he has passed. And I'll get you in on that now in a, mar- in a minute now, Martin. But one that just, I'm still not full, I haven't fully processed yet. I'll probably, like, talk about it on, on, on the video later on or, or the show later on, is uh, is Bray Wyatt. I mean, I was I was coming through Manchester to airport. I just got off an eight, a nine-hour flight from Orlando. And checked the went on the Wi-Fi, used the VPN because you always use VPN on public Wi-Fi, folks. And um, saw a tweet saying Barry White's dead, and obviously I thought that was yeah not real because it's like it's it's Barry White because ninety percent of headlines that come from wrestling media are fake. Oh, absolutely, but it's also like it's Barry Wyatt. like that doesn't make yeah. any sense, and it. And it turns out, no, that in fact he had, he has passed, you know, he, he died of a, of a sudden heart attack in his sleep. And I, I got this at like, well, it must have been eight in the morning. And I just, I still can't believe it. And it's, it's a, look, long term listeners of this show know two things about me. That I love Triple H and I love Bray Wyatt. So my favorite wrestler died this week. And I still haven't properly processed it yet. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, uh, people are into wrestling in, in the different levels, but like that's a genuine, like, I know Bret Hart's going to die someday and that's like going to be like a major thing for me, you know? So mm. like that's something I have genuine sympathies for, not just for you, but like he inspired a kind of fandom that was, very fervent and really dedicated and um i can imagine that you know people are are gonna take it really hard it's it's so weird man it's such a weird weird thing like because you don't of all the wrestlers to die you 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 again to use the term i expect x y and z to die is is a weird thing to say and it's a kind of horrible thing to say but you are expecting you know, older wrestlers to pass, and it's always sad. But when someone who's thirty-seven just out of nowhere, it, it you know it reminded me a lot of um, not reminded me because I wasn't there, but it reminded me of the story of Andy Kaufman's death mm. because his character or the character he portrayed was of such a nature that it's kind of the thing he'd do. Like, you know, like you kind of didn't believe it. And Bray Wyatt's whole character was like, you could see that being, being a story. You You absolutely could, yeah. You know, so like, I mean, so on the one hand, there's that. On the other hand, 
wrestling fans are kind of conditioned, and it's a terrible thing, they're kind of conditioned to expect wrestlers today because of the way wrestling was in the 70s and 80s and 90s. You know, you had a lot of uh, really hard times on the road. You know, you're talking people on the road 300 days a year, a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs. But then when someone dies, like, like you say, Bray Wyatt, 37 years old, of a heart attack, obviously he had underlying conditions, he had heart condition, and he, mm. he, that was exacerbated by COVID and that. Yeah. But it uh, it struck me a lot like when Brody Lee died, it was, it was just so unexpected and so different. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you know what? It wasn't even... I don't even think that it was unbelievable. I think it was that it was believable because it wasn't like the lads in the 80s who died because they were, you know, wrestling 300 days a year and, you know, doing lanes of coke the length of a football field. <laughs> like, like he just, he's just a real person who died of a real thing that people die of. And that, that, I think that's nearly, what it is. that yeah. nearly hits you harder. Yeah, I think that's actually a very good point. It wasn't like he... It wasn't like he died of something fantastic, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it. it actually, I think there is a comic book. I can't, I, I can't place it what it is, but I think there is a comic book story somewhere where like someone, just, a character just dies of like a heart attack or dies in their sleep or something like that. And you're like, no, no, literally, sorry, it is. That's the plot of Black, Black Panther 2. Like he just dies. Oh yeah, yeah. I, just, I haven't seen it, but yeah, didn't but they have to do that because the actor actually died. Yeah, but I mean, I think that was one of the criticisms at the time. They didn't like have him go out in a blaze of glory. He just died, you know. And I think that's kind of what happened. I don't know. <laughs> people die. <laughs> I know, but it, it's just it, it. That's what I'm saying to you. It's it's weird. It's like because you know we look at these guys, and again, like it's not like he's an older wrestler. It's not like he's. He's not like he's 60 or 70 or whatever. Dude, you know? I'm, I'm 37. That's what I'm saying to you. You know, he's, you're 37, I'm 34. And it's just like, damn, like this is, it's, it's too close to home, you know, in that kind of sense where you're like, it's a regular thing that people die of. You're not old. And it's just like, it's, it's so unexpected. Like, but the legacy that he will leave, I think that's what a lot of people are struggling. And even in, in All Out, um, there were a lot of people there, a lot of people who I ran into, ran into, they're bright white shirts everywhere. <laughs> you oh, know, everywhere. You, so Dara missed, I think, maybe the first couple of matches of All Out. Because I, I was asleep at, at, <laughs> in, the, in an Uber. And, no, but let's not say Dara was asleep. Dara Passed was out. in the US and flew from the US to England to go straight to All In. So yeah. he was like, we're not, I was we're not, bit. We're was not slagging Dara. He, no. he, he did a hell of a... A hell of a journey. I'll be um, honest with you. A story came out that Punk's travel was messed up. I totally empathise with that. Anyway, sorry, we'll get to I it. Mean, I, I'll talk about that in a, in a bit. But um, uh, uh, one of the things that happened that you would have missed was during the first few matches and during the pre-show, every mm. time the lights went down, people's phones went up and the whole, oh, like, wow. completely spontaneous, the whole crowd was singing, he's got the whole world in his hands. You know, wow. that's that's an AEW crowd, like, and it just goes to show that the bull that you get on Twitter is such a small minority mm. of really bitter, horrible vocal fans. Like, the the 
general real life fan base just is pretty sound, you know? It is. It is. And I mean I think that's that's an important thing really to kind of bear in mind. That like it's stuff like the and even, you know, all the companies, AEW, WWE and, and even Impact have all released statements and tributes to them as well. And it's like it's sad when stuff like this is what brings the community together. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. something good. It's like, oh, someone died, you know? And it's just, it's it's sad. It's devastating. Um, we'll probably do a Bray Wyatt show at some point. Um, yeah. One of the things that does kind of, I will even not because we do have so much to talk about. I'll probably do a, a longer video or something like that at some point when I have processed it. Um, yeah, we can do a couple of, like, you can pick a couple of matches, yeah matches and we go over them 100% because that, that would be cool you know but like I mean one, one of the things that it, his impact is just so vast it's actually unbelievable like we've joked you know he, he's one of the greatest wrestlers outside of the ring and then he walks in the ring and kind of falls <laughs> apart which is true you know I mean that's always been the way which is but why we look at as much like yeah like how many of the greats of all time weren't particularly like no one would say Hogan was a you know ring technician exactly but I mean even just looking at some of the stuff that WDB have cherry picked you know during the week I mean his match where he wins in the elimination chamber is actually really good you know the Firefly Funhouse match is just is an experience I watched it there recently I was like oh my god this is and I think when it's all said and done I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Hall of Fame induction that's probably going to happen uh, like oh, this year yeah. And it's look. Here's the thing: he was always going to be in the Hall of Fame, but it's sad that he's dead going into it. Yeah. But I again, like, we will kind of touch more on Bray Wyatt eventually. Uh, you know, kind of when there's more, when more comes out, or when we kind of have more time to watch matches and and kind of appreciate Bray. But uh, holy hell, man! Uh, you know, getting off a plane and hearing your your favorite wrestler's dead at 37 is actually something that i never thought would happen no it's it's t- and you know what people like you know whenever people tend to like mourn celebrity deaths or whatever people tend to you know be a wee bit maybe snide and mocking of that but like songs or movies or matches will have certain meanings for people and uh i think it's fair enough that even without knowing somebody they can have played a certain role in your life and i think it's fair enough that you you know kind of get to grieve as well yeah it's just one of those things where like you you expect them to come back <laughs> you know everyone's prepping for them to come back because they were for the since since the royal rumble and you're like oh no that's it like Jesus. i'll be taking i'll be taking a week off work when shane mcgowan dies like that's not that's even... fair, that's fair. <laughs> and in true spirit of the man i won't even be informing them i'll just he just won't just not show up. He was like, "Sorry, buddy, it's, it ain't happening." You know, it's happening. I gotta listen to Red Roses for me, start to finish for the twentieth time in a row. <laughs> as it should be, as it should be. But um, okay. So again, Terry Funk. Um, a lot of people kind of were just over Terry Funk or just over the news, and then a hit. So his death shouldn't be diminished either. One of the greatest of all time in that style of wrestling. Uh, Particularly for, you know, the hardcore kind of stuff. But also, again, he was instrumental in ECW, instrumental in WCW, Chainsaw Charlie in WWE, uh, and even in even in Impact TNA. He was in the early days of TNA as well. So, I think um, 
so like obviously certain fans won't be as familiar maybe younger fans won't be as familiar with Terry Funk and here look who am I like my introduction to Terry Funk came through Mick Foley yeah like, I have no like tapes of Funk Flair going 70 minutes in you know the 70s like I don't have that kind of background but what I have seen is all the wrestlers that I admire today talking about like not only what a legend Funk was not only how he inspired them but how even when he was like like his knees had no cartilage left in them even then how he was always willing to go back and give back to the young fellas and get in the ring and take the fall to some up-and-coming guy. Like, he did it with Foley. He did it with Moxley. You know, um, apparently, uh, so this was a couple of months before his death, uh, Tony Schiavone and um, Taz uh, were having a, a crack on the commentary desk about, like, all the greatest wrestlers of all time. They were talking about this, that, and the other. And apparently, Eddie Kingston rang them to say, shut up, it's Terry Funk. <laughs> you know, so like, e- even without knowing his back catalogue or whatever yourself, like his impact on the business is is there. And it seems to be like almost, not even entirely, almost a uniquely positive one. Mm. Like nobody is anything bad to say about him. No. And that, that kind of speaks volumes in and of itself. You know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, like this is a business, like, and we're going to talk about it now in a minute, like, where egos collide and people don't get along and, like, people you think just are the best in the world, there, there'll be someone to, to say something terrible about them. But I, I've literally never heard one negative story about Terry Funk. No, it's usually very much the opposite, where you hear nothing but great things about Terry Funk. Yeah. You know? Right. So, from that... (laughs) From that to very much something else. Um, Okay. So, we've said on this show... It's become a bit of a catchphrase, hasn't it? It's become a bit of a segment. (laughs) Yeah, not even a catchphrase. It's kind of it's become a bit of a segment where it's like Martin would lay out this brilliant yarn. It would be carefully tended like the best garden in the world and you know, it would be intricate and it would make tons of money and everybody would love it. And then I would say <laughs> but punk. But punk, yeah. Uh, it's um, it's a segment that becomes truer and truer every Every week, it seems. Every week, it seems. Uh, and uh, I was sitting in the crowd all in. Now, I, I was pretty far up. I was up in the nosebleeds. Um, so Martin was a little bit closer to me. Uh, I was sitting beside um, two gentlemen, two, two different two, two different uh, cadres of people. So two lads on one side and then one lad and his either his son or his like young brother over the other side. And... Um, as Punk was wa- walking out, well, one, I, I couldn't believe that Punk and Joe were opening the show. It's like, oh. so, like, that's so weird, right? And then one of them was like, yeah, sure, this is probably because of the, the drama with books. And, that. and I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense because he doesn't want to be anywhere near them so he can leave. I was like, okay, well, ha, ha, ha. 
me and Martin have a laugh at that on on, on Friday. That's pretty funny that he you know, he's that bitter. He won't be, he will he will he will he won't even main event the show or he won't call main event the show. He'll just open the show so he can leave. I'm like that's hilarious, right? So we're watching the match and I'm like, oh, this match is awesome because you know it's Punk and Joe, right? And then another another guy, the other guy over there says like, hey, uh, there's been a fight backstage. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> It's like what and he's like yeah apparently punk attacked Ju- jungle boy and i'm like what <laughs> again because you don't think this is real and this has never happened before where you're watching a show you're effectively watching a company's wrestlemania and the guy wrestling in the ring has just had a fight backstage that's breaking as the show is happening and i'm just like this is insane so as the match is going on, more and more details are coming about coming out about it, and I've never actually experienced that before. So before we get into what happened, Martin, did that happen to you? Were, was somebody were, were phones going off all around you? What was actually happening? No, it did not. Okay. Um, I'll tell you where I am with the the punk saga. Oh no, we we, we should t- we should we should explain what happened first, real quick. Oh oh yeah, okay. So because there's there's three, four, five, ten different versions of it. Essentially, what we know for a fact is um, during his match with Hook, Jack yes. Perry got smashed into a car windscreen. Which was a, a manky-sounding spot, if I can <laughs> say. Where I was, I could just hear it, and I was like, oh my god, that sounds it so was painful. It's unbelievable. Glorious. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? This is going to sound mental, but it was so... The the stadium is so big that it was so far away that he hit the glass and like a fraction of a second later I heard it and it reminded me of I got up one morning, <laughs> one Sunday morning in the 90s uh, to go to mass and we walked out the front door and there was a huge army barracks like across from our house but maybe 10 or 12 fields away. Mm. And uh, I was just waiting for my dad to come out. I was only a young fella to come out and get in the car. And I was looking at the barracks. And this thing came hurtling over the sky towards the barracks and then hit the top of it. And then the top of the barracks exploded, just blew to pieces. And like five seconds later, I heard. Wow, it's kind of like a thunder. Yeah, there's that delayed thing between, obviously, with light and sound and that. Yeah. It was almost like that when he hit the <laughs> when he hit the glass. But the point was that uh, Jack. Perry I was just hit- above it. I couldn't see it. That was the funny part. <laughs> I was. I couldn't see the stage. I could, all I could hear it. I'm just on the screen. I'm like, oh my god, that sounded horrible because I was right above it. Well, Jack Perry hit the glass and then he he rolled like he sold it. And once he was recovering, he did a wee wink to the camera and he went. Uh, so he made some comment like, "And that's real glass." Crimey River. Which was uh, like yeah. So he a, said, "Real glass, cry me a river." Yes, which was a reference to an argument he and Punk had uh, a couple of weeks earlier about a segment in which he gets his head put through a uh, a car window. Which can I just say, he obviously hasn't seen what happens. What happened to Goldberg? <laughs> Punk actually was in the right here because that's stupid. That's how you get. Killed. <laughs> That's legitimately. Goldberg, so you get lacerated. Yeah, Goldberg nearly lost his arm. Jack um, Perry was in the wrong here. Can I just say that? Look, look. What, did Punk go about it the right way? No. 
<laughs> well, here's the thing. He there's, was right, though. There's 10 different versions, so I'm not going to say which version. But uh, Perry came back from his match, and basically Punk's match was next. Yeah. So the two of them crossed paths, and somebody said something, and a row started. Now, so, there's uh, 10 different variations about who started it and who so was the first to comment. We so. don't know who started yet, but it did end up with Punk... So either Punk threw us, uh, like, I don't know what pie face, what's pie facing? Well, I've heard this term a lot, what is it? I have no, I think it's one of those Yankee terms, I've, I've yeah, I mean, I, I assume he didn't throw a pie at him. Yeah, I, 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 I from what I gather, I think he, he shoved his hand Punk into his face. was just coming from catering, catering. and he had his, <laughs> he had his, love, he had his pre-match pie. <laughs> I think pie, I think pie facing, he might have shoved his hand in his face or something, that's probably what it is. But, um. Oh, okay. well, AEW should call that zero doing. i don't know but it <laughs> apparently for all all uh accounts of it end with punk doing a guillotine choke on him which is like punks come on like what are you doing i've seen him in ufc he can't hurt anybody <laughs> what is wrong no, but he, here's one of the things so like you have ufc you have wrestling and then you have real fights yeah um and Chris Jericho had a fight with Goldberg and he won WWF and killed him and he wrote in well it's not even that he killed him he wrote in his book that he got him in a in a guillotine headlock and he says in any real life situation that's a fight ender you don't really end they're like scuffles I don't call them fights as such they're like yeah, scuffles yeah. because you're not going to go on the ground in in town with broken bottles because no, but here's here's the thing. So, you've yeah. actually, I think you've hit the perfect word there. I don't think this was a fight. I think it was a scuffle. That's what it was. I it think was this scuffle. was a scuffle, yeah. and I think that uh, wrestling media, and even calling it wrestling media, is pretty grand. It's ninety percent of wrestling media is one lad with his Twitter account that he calls, you know, ringside revelations or whatever, um, <laughs> and they made they made a huge deal out of this. Yeah. Like, this stuff happened all the time pre-Twitter. Like, mother God, how many times did Brett and Sean bait each other? We had Jericho and Goldberg. Like, like hair pulling. Hair pu- handbags, you know, as I say in GAA. At least, you know, I'll, to be honest with you, though, right? At least a punk, you know, they may have thrown one or two slaps, which apparently weren't even... They weren't. They didn't do because he was at a weird angle where he couldn't actually like do anything. But at least he put him in a choke. Yeah, yeah but but here's the thing: is like, look, these are like wrestling's fake, whatever. Look, it is a combat sport, whatever you think of it. Like these are guys who are hyped up, running on adrenaline. Yep. You know, there's there's a lot of egos in wrestling. Mm. There's a lot of energy. I mean, I think it's pretty much to be expected that there's going to be scuffles, disagreements, heated arguments. Um, and I don't think it helps that like the wrestling media, like desperate for clicks, make this out to be the most like hyperbolic thing in the world. Um, I think the, I think the biggest problem here, though, the difference between this and, and brawl out. Well, by the way, I can I, can I just appreciate that? they were quick to call it brawl in and brawl out it's, yeah i mean it, it's quite wonderful i'm just you know 
If you, but, if you were a more cynical person, would think this is all all a work. No, Martin, we're not going there again. Where everything's a work. No, this is the man just likes to fight people. That's just, that's just we're gonna do. We're gonna do a a wrestling version of do the Lego sound. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is a work. Every, for, for Christmas, we're gonna do. We're gonna release a single. Everything's a work. No, listen, punk just punk, but punk. Right, but punk. It's yeah. just, I can't believe it. Right, <laughs> they they build a show around him. Right, sorry, they brought him in, gave him ridiculous amount of money. Right, it, it, then awesome. he, you know, make him the champ, make him the champion twice, despite being injured. Right, yep. goes and has a fight. Right, they bring him back, give him another title, give him his own show, make him the rock, locker room leader, have him open the show. You know, have him hand pick. Who is on the bloody show? Yeah, exactly. Like literally, there's no more that Tony could do. Like, I at this point, I don't even know what Tony could do to, to pacify him. And it, it's just like, what could well, he do? Like, literally, here, here's the thing. Even if, even if, let's say, worst case scenario, let's say Jack Perry was the one who started the fight, right? Yeah. Let's say Jack Perry was the one who was walking back and said, "Ha, what do you think of that? I showed you, blah blah blah," right? He's Jack Perry, right? He's he's a well-known wrestler and that, but he's still a young filly, still up and coming. You're CM Punk. You're literally the biggest wrestler in the world. Take the goddamn hay road. You know, like you don't need to prove how tough you are and start a fight with everybody. You know, well, I mean, again, fighting with Jungle Boy, it's like, what did you achieve? It's not like you fought Miro. That would be an yeah. achievement. You know oh, you beat Jungle Boy, like, like yeah, okay. obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously, not even closely. Obviously, yeah. you beat Jungle Boy. <laughs> you have a literal UFC background. Yeah, it's like, come on, this, this, it, it, and apparently he's like, I put him in a choke because I didn't, I didn't think fighting him was fair. It's like you still choked him out for no reason. <laughs> it's like this is, what are you doing? You know, here's, um, here's the thing with like, I'm, I'm so over all the. All the punk. I really like punk. Actually, I love punk. Right. So do I. Yeah. I want to see headlines about punk because I want to see him in the ring. I want to see him do promos. We're gonna review all in in a minute, and that match he had with Joe was effing awesome. Like, I want to hear loads about punk. I well, want punk to be a here's, top player. Here's the concerning part about all that, right? He apparently during the thing he said. Or beforehand. So his travel arrangements were messed up. And he ended up having to take the tube. Now here's the thing. I took an Uber to the arena. Why can't you take Uber? That that was weird. I mean, look, I'm oh sorry. Oh my God. That's yeah. so weird. It's like, look, the tube is actually really handy. If you're going to the Heathrow, you can get the tube and take your right to Victoria. And then you're pretty much in the city. You can go anywhere you want. You can go out and get an Uber. It's not difficult. It's really easy, actually. London is a very... The only annoying thing, the only annoying thing about London is no bins anywhere. Which James, by the way, hey James, he was. He, you guys actually got to hang out, which I'm really jealous about because I was asleep. We did. James is... I James is the guy. best. I'm so annoyed I didn't get to meet James. But he would, would tell me why there's no bins in London. Which That's the only annoying thing about London. There's no bins there. But as far no as bins. getting around... No, and we can't even no blame them for there being no bins. Yeah, it is partly our fault. <laughs> can't really complain. That's that's the only annoying. I, I'm still going to complain. That, that's the only thing that's annoying. About. Other than that, it, and it wasn't like that's what he was upset about. He was upset. He was upset about you know having to get the tube. Tube was wonderful. You get on it, 
it's grand. And then you get there. So I don't really know, you know why what? he yeah, was there. So well, apparently that's why he was so angry getting to the to the arena. Yeah, so he already... If he wasn't he angry with that, he would have been... He, no, but he already had this in his head that he was, you know, peed off. Slated or being... And apparently he blew up at Tony Khan beforehand. So he yeah. freaked out at Tony and he was like, I hate this place, which is... <laughs> ridiculous because it's like he's literally giving you everything you could possibly want except for maybe the ice cream bars maybe that's what he wants give punk ice cream but he, bars. But he give him the ice cream but he give him ever like so i'm i'm actually delighted to hear you say that because i thought i was the only one whenever i saw the article going oh there was nobody at heathrow to greet punk i'm like it's oh, that's that's it's terrible. So, it's so easy to get, you know, get that's, from them. That's an oversight, you know. Maybe use some of your millions of dollars millions to get of an Uber. To get an Uber, you know? exactly. It's like you maybe could use a fraction of a percentage of the AEW <laughs> contract you currently have to get an F and Uber to the stadium. Here's the thing: he could probably buy someone for today to drive him around. Uh, like, he could, hey, here. you know. And and the day he landed, London was crawling with fans he probably could have said to someone i'll sign your shirt if you let me piggyback on you and you just carry me to wembley like of all the people who were lost in london that day punk was the least lost person exactly he's, ever been he's also saying punk all he has to do is just take the hat off which i'm assuming he was wearing and everybody would just carry him on a throne to Wembley. Like, what like, wrestling what fan wouldn't want to say, oh my god, did you know that I was actually the one who got punk to to Wembley? Like it it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. That whole thing It's just nonsense. It's just like, nonsense. It's it <sighs> look, I can buy look, travel can be difficult. I get that. It's a long L flight from America to Europe it is. Um but your CM Punk you probably flew first class. You probably had a grey fly. And uh, I just don't understand why you couldn't get an Uber. <laughs> it's the airport. Yeah. It's Heathrow Airport. You, have the, you definitely so have easy. the app. It's the same app. It's the no same app. where you are in the world. I, I was, so I did not fly first class. I flew coach and I had an eight hour layover. Uh, I could still use Uber. CM Punk. I got an Uber to Wembley. It's very easy. <laughs> So I don't understand it. Crazy, 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 crazy. So I'm, I'm really torn with all this stuff. I'm but sorry, Anno, just one second. He said, right, so he said he's sick of this place and he, he, he threatened to quit. Now, apparently, as we're recording this, he lunged at Tony, which if, he, if that is true, now this, that's, that part's alleged, right? That just broke today. If that's true, he is going to be fired because he attacked I, I, Tony, I, I, allegedly. I don't think Tony would, would fight. I don't know. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Like, what? like, like, t- Tony I think looks- one of the best things about Tony is that he is actually a wrestling fan. I know, but there's and a very, people- there's a very, there's a very big difference between, you know, handbags and then also being like attacked. And if that is, if he did lunge at him or whatever, I don't know. Tony, that- Tony strikes me as the kind of guy who'd like, who'd be love to be able to tell people, oh, you see the scar? I got, I got that from CM Punk. Oh, fair enough. I mean, the thing about it is, it's like. This didn't do him any favors backstage. Oh, no, no. So the locker room were probably happy enough to let the last one go. But now we've spent, we've spent like 10 minutes ish talking about this when we should be talking about all in. This is the second show in a row. 
big show that he's just ruined the show where all people are talking about is CM Punk fighting backstage when he should be talking about AEW literally having the biggest achievement in wrestling history. So see after Brawl Out I was like uh, like once I got over my suspicions that it was all a work um, (laughs) I was really I was convinced I told you it was for months I was convinced I know you were God um, bless you, but, oh. but once I get over that, I was like, well, now I just want this all to pass. And I just want Punk back in the ring and I want the roster and all that. Um, now I'm at the stage where, like, if if Punk had been fired after Brawl Out, I would have thought that was a disaster. Now I'm at the stage where... I want him to stay. I want Punk to be a wrestler. I want to see the storylines he can do, the promos he can do, the matches he can do. But he's clearly having such a negative impact on the roster and on the show that if he is fired, I mean, I don't think I'd be that bothered at this stage. Which is, when you think back to when he came in on Rampage, the first dance, like a year and a half ago, whatever it was, like the whole wrestling world was elated. And in 18 months, he has people like me, a diehard AEW punk fan going, do you know what, if he's fired, ugh, like he hasn't done his legacy any favours, you know? He hasn't. He's, and we will move on because, you know, we have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, look, this story, folks, is not going anywhere. It's going to keep getting oh, more. God, it's going to happen is. again. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it never ends. It's like the, like the cleaning of a house. It never ends. Uh, Punk will do this everywhere he goes. Cause he, I'm convinced he can't help himself. I, I genuinely don't. Like well, he was. He, this, this is case, why, I, you know, in this case, he was right. But going about it that way is, is just. But I, I, don't, I don't even think he was right in this case, because even if. Jack Perry started it, which isn't clear. But even if he did, you're you're like ten steps above him in seniority. Yeah, you know, take the high road. It's it, it's crazy. I mean, look, if he wants to throw hands, he can go back to 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 to, to UFC. Well, he can't because he has a record that's real bad. But he can go he can go somewhere else and, and fight in the weekends. Have well, here's the thing: is uh, so. <laughs> Two things. I don't uh, understand why he hates money so much. It's like you're a millionaire. Just enjoy it. Just go off and you know. It's mad. Know. And like, like what mad. are you motivated by? Are you motivated <laughs> by money? Then do a thing with the elite. Are you motivated by like like creative control and like making something important? Then do a thing with the elite. Are you motivated <laughs> by making like wrestling history and being a wrestling le- then do a thing with the elite? What in the goddamn hell are you motivated? What do you want? <laughs> It's like that, you know, that Jennifer Lawrence thing. It's like, what? What do you want? What do you want? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and that's kind like, of what it's like. Being it's like, a wrestling fan, dealing, Tony Khan dealing with Punk must feel like he's asking his girlfriend, what does she want to eat? What do you, what do you want? Just tell me what you want. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I'm like, listen, Punk versus the Elite, even, you know, separately. It's massive gay. Massive gay. That would sell out Wembley. Three or four times in a row. And you're talking about, in terms of pay-per-view buys, like, WrestleMania-level pay-per-view buys. And the thing about it is they don't have to do anything. Just have to just, you know, I, I am convinced. Look, I'm going to say this to you now. We will end on this. Just don't do a storyline for Punk. 
just have the camera on backstage the whole time. <laughs> just let it go. Because, I mean, that's what's happening anyway. They might as well do it on TV. But, so, like, but... <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it, they should just do it anyway. Like, have, have, the, have the actual scripted show, but then just have uh, Collision be, you know, so, camera constantly following Punk. So, b- before we, like, we're going to move on now in, like, literally yeah. seconds. Yeah. Before we finish the Punk stuff, I just want to say two things. One, um, he's, I don't care what happens with him in AEW. He's not going to WWE. It's not he, he cannot. He cannot. He had a program made for him, yeah. and he fell out with the guy who is his biggest fan. Punk would not be, would not have one foot in the locker room before he'd fallen out with Triple H and The Miz and Stephanie McMahon. No, I mean, look. Other Nick, Nick Khan, and like it just, <laughs> it just unthinkable. Like he'd. So he's not going to WWE. No. The other thing is... Impact can't afford him. Im- Impact can't afford him. But the other thing is that, like you were saying, if he has all this pent-up energy and he does want to fight people and that, he doesn't need to go to UFC. He doesn't need to go to, like, Bellator or any of them. He, he goes just to the needs to- at 2 in the morning. Well, he just needs to say it to Tony because he already has the trademark on brawl he's got brawl in and brawl out he just needs to say to tony let's do a brawl for all oh oh my god Why? yes yes and then he'll be mortified when he gets legitimately knocked out by you know like Dolph ziggler's brother buy the rights to brawl for all. you could probably buy yes. them off wwe for about 20 quid or just call it brawl in <laughs> tony there you go just do that punk versus anyone who wants and then they can properly throw hands and Punk will get battered in the first round and might knock some sense into him brilliant idea yeah and all the people backstage who have like issues with each other like you know I know Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston that thing yeah put them in one side of the bracket and put (laughs) Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker the other side of the bracket you know oh man this is single-handedly the best and worst idea ever but this is probably you know what this is probably exactly what Russo was thinking. He's like, JBL. Oh, now, now, now that you said that, I hear it. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I mean, this is probably the dynamics because obviously we don't know because the internet wasn't really a thing then. And it's like, do you think maybe JBL was that toxic that he created that? Or do you think maybe Punk I, is just so unbelievably toxic that it, it's come full circle and we're like, bro, for all that will fix it. I don't think that any of them are particularly toxic. I think that Twitter is toxic. And that if don't Twitter you mean had, X or X, whatever <laughs> the worst name if, ever? If, if Twitter and I know the internet was around, but it was like very limited to people in certain chat rooms with dial up. If the kind of internet we have now had been around during the attitude era, it would not have been as iconic and as amazing as it was because Agree. it would have been torn apart by Agree. goddamn yeah. neckbeards. Agree. Absolutely agree. Look, we'll leave it there. Yes. Brawl in, brawl out needs to be a thing. Tony, if you're listening, I know I know I give you a hard time because yeah. it's completely earned. But you can have that one for free. Make and it call it brawl in, but just B R A W L I N apostrophe. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy it six times. Oh my god, wouldn't you? <laughs> on just, all your devices, on all your devices, I just throw money at it constantly. Playing at once, be incredible. Oh yeah. man! But then again, look, AW, they need to like 
I don't know. There's just so much money to be made there. It's like I was actually having a conversation with someone on the fly, on the fly home, and I was like, "Listen, he was going on and on and on about AEW." I'm like, "Okay," and you know me, right? And I'm like, "Okay." You so already deal with one person who goes on. <laughs> you don't need another. I just sat there listening instead of saying anything, and he, but he did put on a good point, right? And I think when we're talking about all in, that's something to worth uh, thinking about. He says. AEW is everything I ever wanted from wrestling. And I'm like, so basically Tony Khan has just listened to the fans and that's how he made the money. It's like, yeah. And I think that puts so much into perspective when you think about it, where it's like AEW's business model on one hand is giving people exactly what they want. NXT 2015, but then some more on top of it. But then on the other side, they have, they're trying to placate the wishes of a madman. (laughs) He's <laughs> not motivated by anything else. He's not motivated by any logic. And I'm like, I, I and they're starting to, they're starting to like, they're starting to like attack each other now. It's weird. AEW has given me everything I want as a fan, but that's not to say that it's perfect. No, of course not. But Nothing it is, is. It is as a wrestling promotion. That's what I want. But mm. here's the thing about wrestling. Wrestling's not like a series that has you know, ten or twelve episode cycle and then takes a break and then. People can write stories and then come back. and but It is just a constant, continuous thing. And it has to roll with the punches. And it has to, like, there's been a lot of very uh, legitimate criticism about the build all in and now Mm. the build all out. But, like, you also have to kind of balance that with the fact that, like, they're dealing with, like, real life, like, people getting injured and then people whose visas aren't like uh you know they're not allowed in the certain parts of europe or whatever and then they're dealing with egos like punk and like like wrestling's like this constant so it's it's never going to be perfect and in the same mm. way that you can't have a pay-per-view that is 10 five-star 30-minute classics like you wouldn't want that yeah you can't have 52 dynamites in a row that are all, you know, five-star. Cla- like, it's just not the way it works. No. So, like, like when people say, I think people get slightly hyperbolic. Like, whenever I say something like, I, AEW's everything I ever wanted in wrestling, I genuinely mean that. But that yeah, I know. doesn't mean that I think it's perfect. No, and I, look, I mean, I I wasn't implying that it would be perfect either, but it's just it's it's funny that like what AEW are doing, it just makes sense. Like Wembley, Wembley in all, like sorry, running a show in Wembley, right? Oh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, that made sense. It made sense last week. It made sense five years ago. It made sense 10 years ago. It made sense 20 years ago. It's never not made sense. But for some reason, Tony, like Vince never had the epiphany that Tony Khan had, where it's like, hey, I can just print money. Yeah. But you And that's, and what well, I'm saying here's, is it, Here's like, actually, you're actually kind of wrong there because Tony, Vince, did have this at the start and then over the years he lost it like Vince over yeah. the years stopped yeah. wanting to produce wrestling and started wanting to produce 
Oh, we make movies, pal. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like, yeah, you're, you're right there. But what I'm saying is, like, the most passionate, and I hate to use that word because it's used so much, but the most passionate wrestling fans that I've ever encountered, and you can see it by the wrestling media, they're all in England. You know, I mean, that's where a lot of the, the a lot of these big YouTube channels, which some are better than others, but personally, I'm not a big fan of 90% of them. But that aside, what I am saying is, it's just like, those lads, they do a lot of work, you know, uh, cultaholic and et cetera, et cetera. They all do some good stuff. And, and their coverage is quite good. Now, to be fair, I just, it's not I like, really I like cultaholic. I'm not a big fan of et cetera, et cetera. Et yeah. Cetera, et cetera. You know, the fact that that exists and that's existed for quite some time and was never really taken advantage of. Look, like, look at OTT, right? They have done so much great work because they've captured this like ravenous fan base, even in Ireland. And it just was never, it, it was never like, um, catered for you know and I'm just like right so Wembley would have sold out no matter what or not sold out but it would have been a huge crowd no matter what but add the novelty of it because there is a lot of novelty right but also the show itself was was actually quite good Um, and had a lot of really good elements to it as well even for like a non-AEW fan like myself I still thought it was it was very very good and the on-screen thing was great like it, Come on, Dara, you're at least, you're a partial AW. You're not a non-AW fan at this stage. I'm a non-Tony Khan fan. Let's put it that way. I mean, but, and a, you know, I, and, a, and, a, and I'm a non-Hangman Page fan. But oh, Dara. I, I know. I know. CJ had the same reaction today. You're breaking my heart. I know, I'm sorry. Look, I like the books. I like Omega. Um, You know, but what I, Jeff Jarrett should have won a belt. Can I just say that? He did win a belt. He won the Leatherface belt. <laughs> what more do you want? The Composite Leatherface Championship. <laughs> and I missed it because I was asleep in the in the Uber. <laughs> devastated. Martin texted a couple of weeks ago. Martin texted me to be like, "Jeff Jarrett's on the show." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so annoyed. But anyway, oh, it was it was. I was honest to God, like so. Dara made just the. The worst journey, but um, oh, I was honest to God, got it for you because there was so much on the pre-show that you would have genuinely loved. I um, know it was like TNA City. I was just like, they just put TNA on the Grado was there and everything, and I was like, oh, Grado, Jeff Jarrett, Grado bust Jeff Jarrett with a guitar. Like the place I was so was annoyed. I was so like, annoyed. I knew this was going to be an amazing show because. See the Grado, Jeff Jarrett stuff. Yeah, I don't even think that was on Zero Hour, was it? No, it was. It was on like it was pre because I got there for that Zero was Hour. That was just literally for you guys. I was just for the live audience. Yeah, and they went buck she wah for that. See, I didn't I'm even. Like, I didn't. Well, if the crowd it. is going mental for this, <laughs> wait till the show starts. When I walked in, you could hear like because uh, like. Here's the crazy thing, right? Because when I showed up, I it was during that period, but not before zero hour. It was like in that weird period before zero hour started. And um, obviously there was nobody on the walk up to Wembley because they're all in the arena. And it was weird because everything was still running, but it wasn't running. You know what I mean? And then you could just hear like the roar of the crowd. And I don't think I've ever heard that many people in that area before. So it was surreal. I mean... If, like so, probably some Americans who are listening to us are like, "Oh, that's not really that big of a crowd." 
for us, that's a huge crowd. <laughs> like oh, eighty-one thousand. That, that, that's, that's insane. Well, it's, so here's the thing. Let's briefly cover the the numbers. Eighty-one thousand and thirty-five. Right. So wrestling has a history of like juicing the making numbers. stuff up. Yeah, making yeah. stuff up randomly. Yeah. So AW were so adamant that they didn't want there to be any question about them setting the record that they didn't count any number except paid tickets who showed up and went through the through the turn set. There was actually there was actually more than there was actually more than ninety thousand people there. But they were comps and stuff. They didn't count comps, they didn't count sponsors, they didn't count wrestlers' families. Basically anyone who got in who didn't purchase and pay for a ticket they didn't count them. So wow. the 81,035 people there were 100% fans who saw the show and bought a ticket and travelled and went. That's crazy. But the but actual also, audience was even better again. over, over 90,000. Yeah. Wow. That's unreal. That, that's, uh, look, again, all due respect to them. Like, it is a huge achievement. And look, could WDB have done it? Yeah, absolutely. Did they? No. AEW own that record. It's their record, and they exactly. deserve and look, it. WWE will probably break it next. Like they'll probably go, oh, we can't let AEW have this, and they'll probably do a show somewhere, and it'll probably be eighty thousand or eighty one thousand and thirty six. But still, I mean, it's it's whatever. not it, it's not the same though, because I mean, even when you were there, the atmosphere with everybody wasn't like anything I've ever been around before. And now, look, I've been to WWE shows, I've been to TNA shows. I've never been to a show like that before where the the fan base were so knowledgeable and so there for it. You know, nobody was just there because they didn't want to watch it or they were there because they couldn't wait to leave. It was more like everyone was there for something. Luckily, I got exactly what I wanted within the first couple of minutes. <laughs> and I was like, this is unbelievable. Because um, I had gone in with the, with the, I'd gone in with the expectation. I'm like, listen, I'm, I, I'm, I'm KOing here fast. You know, but I will stay. I will hang out for for Joe and Punk. So I got that, and then I was able to dip out at some point and 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 watch the rest of the show on television. And that's one thing as well. Before we go into it, watching the show on television after being there live, that was a very cool experience because it's man. Yes, I don't know if you've ever like done that before, or or I know you've probably watched it since. It's completely different, completely different ballgame. I have um never been to a wrestling show that wasn't like a local independent right really so my first experience of like (laughs) international wrestling was the literal biggest show in history oh man what a what a what a place to start right yeah and i can't help but think given the stats that i had something to do with it i mean i think so too i I think that is totally fair it was just a coincidence that the star of the wrestling rewind goes to his first like major show and it's the biggest crowd ever. And I'm just saying, I'm the one. I mean, they weren't all there for punk. No, they weren't. I mean, <laughs> you have a win over punk. And I, exactly. Maybe that's what they were. Maybe that's what people were expecting. That you were expecting you to come out and, and be punk. Well, here, listen, I'm, I'm only going to say this because I know none of my family listen to this show but uh i put up um a picture so i i had this uh tricolor it was it was very it was a tremendous joke that 
about three people got. But I had this <laughs> tricolor, and on the orange end of the tricolor, I had the outline of uh, Orange Cassidy. So the joke was that it was green, white, and Orange Cassidy. Um, and it was great. Everyone at the show really liked it. And uh, at the end of the event, some guy came over to me and he gave me his um, his uh, replica world title. You know, so I put the title on me and I held up the flag and he took a picture. Mm. And I posted it to my Instagram, my Facebook, whatever, saying, oh, went to All In, only bloody won the world title, didn't I? Very funny joke. Exactly. Silly, silly Martin. No, I had about, if you, <laughs> you can even go in it now and check, I had about five or six relatives comment underneath. Well done, Martin. Fantastic stuff. Great to see you doing well for yourself. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. The real, real world champion. <laughs> yeah, to at least four people in Dundalk, I am the <laughs> the genuine real world champion. Although it also upset me that if I literally won the world title, the most I'd get would be a couple of clap emojis. <laughs> it's better to know these things, though, right? Isn't it? Now, now I know to... it's not worth the bother to try it's it. Not, it's not worth the bother. <laughs> Guys, we are going to leave it there. If you're checking us out on the radio, we're going to pop back and talk about All In like properly um, oh, after I this break. Wait. So, guys, if you're checking us out here, um, thank you so much. But go over to com. Go over to nerdtonomedia.com. Get on the Wrestling Rewind. This show was incredible, and we can't wait to talk about it. There's so much content there that's free. Um, and if you want to, you can go over to Patreon and give us a, an X-Pac Euro as well. Or, for, for one week only, an X-Pac Pound. Yeah, yeah. Give us, give us the old Sterling. The old Sterling. The um, old Sterling Archer. <laughs> and we'll be back after this short break, guys. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday. Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 